Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the salacious, the sensual, M-Class podcast. <laughs> Uh, it's nothing like that. I'm Jeff. I'm horny. I mean, I'm Josh. Oh, we all knew that, Josh. Well, you start talking all sexy. What am I? What am I supposed to do? Just go rewind that part like six or seven times, and you'll get it out. I'm gonna rewind uh, my part six or seven times. <laughs> Uh, On this episode of M-Class Podcast, we're going to be picking up where we left off last time by talking about Deep Space Nine's Season 3, Episode 2, The Search, Part 2. A lot of numbers. That's a lot of numbers. Production number (laughs) 40512-447. I don't know. (laughs) Why aren't you reading the production numbers, Jeff? I need to know. Everybody, I just got an email about that. Somebody was very angry. Where are the production numbers? Are you serious? No. No one would ever care about that. I would believe it. I would have believed it. Uh, Technically, it's production number 4829. Yeah, I fucked it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just remembered I didn't get any of my, like, uh, what do you call it's up? My pages that tell me stuff about this show. Uh Uh-oh. Josh fucked it. Whoops. Uh, the tel- right. the teleplay for this episode was done by Iris Stephen Bear, and uh, the story was worked on by him and Robert Hewitt Wolf. And John Larroquette Fun Fact of the Week for this episode, directed by Mr. Jonathan Frakes, a.k.a. Commander William Riker. Amazing. Can't believe he could both act and direct and host <laughs> shitty cable shows. <laughs> We made it up. I love that show. That was a good show, show actually. Great. I'll watch him do it. I dude, I would watch him read like a milk carton. He's I got a him. great voice. Like I've talked about when I went to the convention in Lexington and he was there like uh, doing a Q&A and it was fucking amazing. Yeah. I, I would listen to that man read the phone book. I would like it if he read the phone book in bed with me, but we can't all can't have mm. what we want all the time. Sweet dreams. Anyway, um... <laughs> Be my new dad. <laughs> uh, when we last left our heroes, Odo had said fuck you to all of his friends, kidnapped Kira, <laughs> stolen a runabout, and was headed towards the Omarian Nebula, wherein he met a bunch of goo people. The Omarian Nebula. That's a pretty good... It's a pretty good impression, actually. I can only do Odo when he's, like, <laughs> hypnotized. Yeah, uh, uh, I almost said Yoda. <laughs> when he's Yoded. I can only do Odo when he's tra- shapeshifted into a Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, do, we didn't know what happened to our Federation pals, Cisco and Bashir, because their ship got fucked by um, yeah. Jim Hadar. The the beetle ships, the big the big bad Beetleborg ships shot at them. Oh my god. Don't, don't they look like beetles to you? Don't they look remind like me of big bad Beetleborgs. Don't do do you not like that one? Did you know that there was a character on that show who was a vampire ghost Jay Leno Elvis impress impersonator? Yes, I remember that. I remember watching that show and being like, This is fucking insane. There, my favorite part of that show is that there's a Jawa. He's supposed to be a, a ghoul or something, but he's just a Jawa. 
I remember thinking that the Jay Leno vampire was the singing moon from was it Domino's? Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking the Domino's commercial. No, it was McDonald's. Mike tonight. It was McDonald's. That was what Mac it was. Tonight. Mac tonight. Oh man. Fucking. I want some McDonald's. <laughs> I'm loving it. This episode sponsored by Burger King. Fuck you, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, their so, burgers are a little better. So I actually like Wendy's best. The Wendy's hey, is the best. Um. Yeah. Well, so our episode begins at the discover like the newly discovered home world of Odo and the Changelings. And uh, yeah, the what sea are they doing? Goo. They're just kind of talking to each other, right? Still. Yeah, they're like uh, Odo keeps asking questions or whatever, and Kira's like, "Hey, this isn't a police in- interrogation, Odo." That's that's right, because they're like, "How how many of us are there? How you know?" Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's, like, he's he's like, "Don't embarrass me in front of my new goo friends." I always thought that was weird that she said that because it's like this dude like. Is finding out where he's from. Yeah, he needs answers to these questions. He's been those waiting his whole life. Yeah, those are perfectly legitimate questions to ask. Makira's like, just feel the vibe, man. Yeah. Just feel just it. Sit down and, like, I don't know, like, meditate. Just chill <laughs> like, on it, Odo. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I just traveled across the galaxy and I found, somehow found my home world. But yeah, sure, I'll chill out. But uh, <laughs> the changeling woman holds her hand out to Odo, and when they shake hands, they Alex Mike together into yeah. a goo arm. <laughs> and Odo's like, oh my god, I've really found my family, and he gives the creepiest smile towards the camera I've ever Cause seen. Because he can't. Because he can't smile. <laughs> He's got that shit on his face. He can't smile. He's got like a mile of makeup on his face. Have you seen like the <laughs> millions of images of him pulling that shit off of his face? Like... No, I, they're dude, so I, creepy. It sucks to be like a uh, uh, Rene Abagenois or like uh, what's his name, Quark Sky. Uh, he's just Quark to me now. I his name is was, Quark. He was uh, born Armin Shimmerman, yeah, Armin right? Shimmerman. Armin Shimmerman. or like Max Grodenchik or like fucking. Yeah, it sucks to be those guys who are like pretty much in every episode, right? Like they're like in every episode almost, and every day they got to go in and like do six hours of makeup like that's fucking insane i read i read an interview the other day with wallace sean who plays uh the grand (laughs) nagus yeah and he was like i learned a lot of shit about him in that interview like the fact that he's literally never owned a tv in his entire life that's awesome and he's he apparently just fell ass backwards into acting like he just joined (laughs) a, a friend of his play because they needed somebody to play a role and somebody yeah. was in the audience who discovered him that's insane uh, so he's really just a writer he's like a super political writer because he's like a super right. socialist okay and uh but he was talking so about the opposite of the grand Nagus. yeah pretty much he was talking about how fucking fun <laughs> it was playing the grand Nagus. but he was like i was in one episode a year yeah. And that was way enough for me forever. Yeah, because you had to be he in makeup for that. four to six hours before you even. He went had on. to have that. Yeah, the old ass man. They had to make him real droopy looking. Too. He said something really like made me laugh, but was also like really weird because he was like, "Yeah, uh, I actually don't know what most of the Ferengi actors look like without the makeup. I've never met him <laughs> that way." So he would just he would just show. Well, I mean, think about it, like. If you're not there every day, you're not hanging out with people, right? Like, yeah. 
like Armin Shimmerman like is a, a legit part of the cast, so like he probably went to functions and like whatever. Yeah, he said yeah, he said but, that he met Armin Shimmerman after the show, like during the show at a convention, and that's yeah. how he learned what he looked like without the makeup <laughs> on. That's that's fascinating. It is. He probably isn't was it? just in makeup, and like then they would show up on the set, right? And they're both like in every episode, like both Quark and the Magus are in every episode like that they're in together right yeah, like they're both there he said i uh i saw aaron eisenberg in a photo once and i didn't know who he was even though i'd been in episodes with him for years <laughs> and i thought that that was fascinating is the person the best way to put it it's like they're really like Ferengi. It's like yeah. he just thought that they were. That's what they were. Yeah, he was <laughs> like, like that's what we were pretty much just Ferengi together, and I didn't know them any other way. <laughs> <laughs> would you do that though? If like if you could be an alien in Star Trek, would you sit like five hours in oh, a chair yeah. and have them put the yeah, shit I on you? Dude, that would be it. so fucking cool. I would love to be a Star Trek alien. That'd be great. It would suck because like I would get like tired of it, but like. It'd be worth it. To be in Star Trek, I would do anything. It's probably better I'd now. Kill, I'd kill a man. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, <laughs> future Josh, please edit that out just in case. Um. <laughs> I'm not saying anything because I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> You'll definitely edit that out. If I I'll know totally one remember. thing about Josh the editor, it's that he goes through this with a fine tooth comb. That's right. I go, uh oh, somebody breathed here. Get it out. <laughs> He only leaves in the good breathing. That's why you can still hear it. The heavy sex breathing. Not like the pained breathing that we both do all the time because we're old and dying. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's probably better now, like on, on the set of like Discovery, Discovery being like a crazy alien, because at least you have a phone you can just mess with. <laughs> yeah, the whole time. you can look at your phone, yeah. You just had to read uh, magazines too. and they're, shit back they're then. They're probably better. Yeah, they're probably better about it too, right? Like, they're probably, like, not as slow about it. It's true. Like, the weirdest thing is the person who mostly took the longest in makeup was Dax. Why? Because they hand-drew those spots. So they had to blend it all in. Yeah. yeah. Did they do her whole body, you think, or just her, they like, did. Neck? Man, you wish. Uh, they did it all from her like uh, hairline down her neck, and depending on how the episode went, they had to do it other places as well. Yeah, but I mean, had, like just from her, <laughs> just from her hair down, hairline down to her neck was like a hundred and fifty to two hundred spots. What the fuck? Couldn't they just like get like stickers? <laughs> Couldn't they just I don't mean send like, away to Scholastic and get stickers to put on? <laughs> what they should, I mean, like, what they should have done is just made, like, kind of, like, a more durable, like, temporary tattoo. I don't know if that's even a possibility, but, like... I don't know. Or, like, have a template. Yeah, they like, should have just had a template to put on and spray yeah. on, but I guess you couldn't mold it to the skin correctly every time? I don't know. Did they have, like, a... Like a like a stencil, though, at least, where, like, it's the same? Or nah, does he it hand, not Like, matter? the dude hand-painted them. That's crazy. And the thing is, stupid. Like, between you, me, and our audience of a couple thousand people, and so keep it a secret, keep it under your hat. I think he was probably like a sex pervert, and he like just really oh, liked right. being able to do like have her in a chair and touch her the whole time. 
Because it was his choice to be doing that. Like he, he, but he didn't do it though. Like he chose. He was like, yeah, I want to do it by hand because it has to be blended correctly and everything. But like this is '90s television we're talking about. Like you wouldn't have been able to fucking tell. Also, like you can blend it by hand and start off with like a template. Like you don't have to like just draw every single one. Like. I don't know, that seems really dumb to me. Yeah. I would be like, we need a better way He's to do a this. sex pervert, like, dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> On the Discord today, I was talking about how uh, he has mining hats for when he goes into giant vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Brandon Braga wasn't the one who was putting the makeup on. That's what I mean. I thought that's what you meant. I was like, he's not the one drawing them. No, I'm talking about the makeup artist that did it. Cause oh, apparently- he was, oh, he was... Well, you said sex pervert, and the first thing I think about is, uh, well, the president. And then the second yes. thing I think about is uh, Brandon Braga. <laughs> Brandon Braga, sex weirdo, for sure. I was like, oh, God, I hope I don't fall into this giant butthole. And then he flicks his <laughs> headlamp on. <laughs> He's ready. Oh, my God. <laughs> I called it I'm vaginal really spelunking. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, I'm really surprised that there was no Voyager episodes with giant women in them. Like he could, yeah, that would have been the he time. He could have done that. <laughs> they probably were like, "You can't do that." Like they probably knew, right? And somebody at the network he was had like, like such a, "You could see the raging boner sticking out of his pants the whole time." <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting there watching his then girlfriend Terry Farrell getting spots painted on him, on her, and he's just like. Like, slowly the curtain goes over his face, and he's like, yes. <laughs> Like, he's so gross. So fucking weird. Oh, my God. Uh, refer to previous episodes of this podcast if you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, long Google story short. Brandon Braga, uh, giant vagina. Yeah. Long story short, Brandon Braga is a sex weirdo. Yeah. I'm not into, like, shaming people for their sex weirdnesses, which I guess is in itself shaming people, but, like, that, <laughs> your that's, weirdo a, that's more sex a, shit you're all into. I'm not, I'm not into shaming you perverts about your weird sex shit, but, like, <laughs> if you're in, if you want, like, to be inside of a giant woman's vagina, you probably, like, there's probably, like, some psychological reason for that. Well, and an I don't like saying it's, like, a bad sure. psychological, yeah, that's a, it's, it's super edible. Well, here's the thing. If you want to be inside of a giant woman's vagina, then good for you. You probably shouldn't be saying that in interviews about Star Trek. Yeah, keep that one at home. <laughs> like, you, like, keep that one for your diary. Like, he wasn't giving an interview with, like, Sex Fetishist Monthly. He was talking about <laughs> Star was, Trek. Yeah, he's not some, like, spokesperson for, like, whatever that fetish is called. Giant fetish. It's like a thing now. I've yeah, seen like it has a name. I just don't know it. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. It's not but. my particular brand of sex weirdo, so I don't really know. There is there is a comic that Kevin and I both know about where that happens. And I and I was telling him I was like, "Watch out for this. This happens later." <laughs> oh my god. Like yeah, it's it's the it's a thing. It's just a thing, dude. I like that I you know. took Kevin down with you with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going alone. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Cole, sex weirdo. <laughs> I told him about it. I told him about it, so it was my fault. That's but I, uh, having read the comic and like getting to that point, I was like, "Oh, we're doing this now. All right, I guess something for everybody in this one. All right, yep, it's a shotgun effect. <laughs> anyway, uh, the true hero of the story, Cisco, is uh, flying a shuttle. We don't know how he got there, 
but yeah. uh, he's flying a shuttlecraft with Bashir, and they're headed back towards the wormhole. They've lost the Defiant. Yeah, they. I guess they. You don't see it, like you said, but I guess they just escaped in a another shuttle. I guess the Defiant has a couple shuttles. I don't know. Uh, it, it's a little small. It changes size like all the time, depending yeah. on what they need in the story. But like, I guess every ship does. They later show the shuttle bay and how it works, and it's just the bottom. It's like the circle, the circle part of, of the the main hull on the oh, bottom. Yeah. It just like is a opens shuttle, and you can go out yeah. of it. Yeah, the Defiant's like really small. I think we talked about it's this. The little last deuce time. coop. The little deuce coop. <laughs> but uh, Bashir like wakes up from his nap naps, and he's like, "Oh, we really <laughs> fucked it, didn't we, Captain? I mean, Commander, because yeah, the show's cause fucked." <laughs> Because they're like, they're like, oh, we're running out of air and we don't have power. And then Bashir is like, I was spying on you, talking to the computer. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't asleep. I was spying. I was only pretending to be sleeping. <laughs> but uh, the ship gets hit by something and they're like, oh, fuck, our sensors aren't working. We can't figure out what's happening. And the back doors get open and they both like flip their shit and point their phasers. But... It turns out yeah. to be my hero, Chief O'Brien, and Jadzia Dax. I love how, like, nobody thinks, like, the Dax and Chief O'Brien squad doesn't think to open the door and be like, Nobody shoot us! <laughs> it's us! <laughs> it's Dax and Chief O'Brien. Please don't shoot us. They open it, and if I was Captain Sisko, the first thing I would have said in this instance is, How in the holy fuck are you yes. here right now? But instead, yeah, he like, just kind of says, yeah. oh, I thought the, the Jem'Hadar got you. And they're like, nope, anyway. Yeah, it kind of makes no sense that he doesn't ask. Like, yeah. It makes they didn't sense have a later, shuttle. I guess, but not it now. It does later, but not now, yeah. And uh, she's like, there's a big surprise waiting on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Let's go back. And he's like, okay. And he's like, I got nothing better to do right now. My ship is lost and everybody else is dead, so... <laughs> Fuck Kira and Odo, I guess. <laughs> um, and back on the, the Changeling's homeworld, which I guess doesn't have a name. It's just called the Changeling World. Yeah, I don't think it ever... Nothing in the Changeling universe has a name ever. Like, like the female Changeling is just called the female Changeling. Like, she doesn't have a name. Calling her uh, the female Changeling feels like I'm being a Ferengi. The female. The female. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that somebody pointed out that that's 100% a warning sign when you're reading somebody talking about women. If they call them females, then you're like, you should probably stay yeah. away from that. Yeah, because it's very, like, uh, <laughs> passive-aggressive. Like, oh, the females. Like, what? <laughs> but um, Odo's getting pissed, right? Because they, they basically, they're like, yeah, we're your family or whatever. Go wait in the Arboretum. <laughs> Yeah, go turn into trees and rats and shit. And uh, the female changeling shows up, and she's like, hey, we don't like solids. Yeah. We're on a liquid-only diet. We hate solids. <laughs> We're on a cleanse, a solid cleanse. Do changelings poop? No. They don't eat, so I guess they, they don't, don't eat. poop. I don't really know the biology and how it works. Uh, I would assume they're kind of like silicon-y. Like, they're probably like silicon evo evolution, right? Cause probably. Like, it's it's weird that we don't, in Star Trek, meet more alien species that are like this alien to us. 
Yeah, like the changelings have nothing in common with us, pretty much. I kind of like it. Like they oh, do yeah. some changeling stuff every now and then. Like in Star Trek uh, Six, there's uh, that. Uh, what's her name? Is a changeling. Fuck. Uh, I forget what her name is. But anyway, she's a changeling. But she's not like this type of changeling. No. But I like that, like, it makes sense because, like, you find out, I don't know if you find out in this episode, but, like, kind of right here, like, they don't trust solids because they were hunted. Yeah. Like, the they, changelings were hunted. They go out into the universe to try and learn more about the galaxy, but every time yeah. they meet an alien race, they're, like, distrusted. Because, I mean, like... Yeah. I they guess can turn from, into anything. From a solid point of view, like, what better infiltrator against your right. species could there be than someone that can be anything? Which we see later, we're in there. Oh yeah, happens on Starfleet's losing its fucking mind because like this is happening. But like the female changeling is like, you need to learn how to turn into a rock and a plant and a tree. And Odo's like, well, that sounds lame. Turn into this cool weed leaf poster (laughs) on the wall. (laughs) Turn into a black light weed leaf poster, and then we'll talk. Once you do that, you've mastered being a changeling. Uh, Kira goes to the shuttle to try to send her um, terrorist message through to Cisco. Oh, doesn't she have like a plan when this with subspace or something? Like she yeah. taught him how to like read the subspace Morse code or some shit. Which is like a Bajoran re- resistance thing. Yeah. <gasps> Wake up! God, I'm so sleepy. <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> She can't get the message through, and it's because there's some sort of weird background radiation. That's right. I kind of zoned off at this part. I kind of was, like, doing a, something else, and I was like, oh, right. Like, she, she has to, like, try to contact them, but why can't she? Because I remembered, like, what happened. She can't because, right? like, there's something blocking the signal on that planet. Right. Right. Um, meanwhile, back- Does she scan it? No, she doesn't scan it. She doesn't it scan it yet. Meanwhile, back on Deep Space Nine, Cisco is back, and he's covered in dust, and he looks real messed up, and we meet... This is... Our favorite who do, character. Who do we... Yes, yes! <laughs> Admiral Nechayev, the, the... Admiral Bichayev! The most on-the-level admiral that never does anything wrong. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Dude, oh man, she's great in this episode because of like the plot. Like she is so creepy yeah, she's and like mean, evil, straight up like plotting behind the scenes evil. And it like turns out that there's a reason why towards the end. But for most yeah. of the episode, you're like, "What the fuck are you doing, Bacheyev?" <laughs> you know, you know, cadets are calling her Bacheyev. Since we told Alina them to call her that, <laughs> Alina Bacheyev. It turns out that the, the Dominion has sent treaty delegates, and they're gonna form like they're gonna put together a treaty with the Federation because of all the effort Cisco put in to try and find them. Like they heard about it, mm-hmm. and they're here. They're gonna right. they're gonna do it. It went well. I guess it's like mission accomplished, right? Like, and they're like, one of the founders wants to meet you. Yeah, Cisco's like, oh my god, fucking, I gotta know, I gotta know, I gotta know. So he goes in, and Avorda is there, and yeah. we as people who he, know this show already are like, bullshit, yeah. but at the time Fucking you're like, bullshit. Yeah. oh my god, we already know one of them. We saw that lady right. one before. It's great the first time you see it. Later, it, it kind of ruins this episode if you've seen it, 
that doesn't ruin it, but like you you know like what's happening anyway because you've seen it. But yeah. like it, it the surprise at first is cool because it is a surprise, but also later it's another surprise, which I think is cool. Um, but fuck this the border, dude's dude. name is yeah. This dude's name is Borath, which I think is like one of the elements. <laughs> Uh, it's Boron. I'm thinking of Boron. Boron. This dude's name Barium. is Borath, and he's like, and he goes, "My wife." Oh my god! Oh no! That's on our podcast now. There's no way to get rid of it. Oh no! He says, "My wife." Oh, it's on it twice now. Oh no! It'll be funny again by the time this comes out. Trust me. <laughs> I've trusted you many a time, Josh. You've never led me wrong so far. That's right. It's going to be funny again. <laughs> um, so they have this little like back and forth discussion. This like thinly veiled threats they keep throwing back and forth at each other. <laughs> and he's yeah, like, would you rather is- we not have tried to make peace? Yeah. This is like a theme with whenever Cisco talks to anybody from the Dominion, like later, like with... Uh, what's his name? Wayun. Yeah. Like it's always this dance. Like everything is this like dance, and it starts here. Like this is really where it starts. Uh, sh- like shout out to Jack Carpenter, fan of the show, who's written in several times, who sent us a tweet that said, "I just wanted to say out of nowhere that at Jeffrey Combs is an amazing actor, and I love all yep. of his characters on Star Trek, especially Wayun." And uh, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Combs himself responded, "Thanks, Jack." <gasps> Jack. And then that's and awesome. then I, being a complete whore, said, "Hey, Mister Combs, if you ever want to be on a podcast." And yeah, uh, and he said, "I'm gonna do it." And then Jeffrey Combs <laughs> proceeded to log off Twitter and never responded. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for opening the door for me, Jack. I'm sorry I got it we shut almost, back in our face. <laughs> we almost sealed the deal. Almost. <laughs> One day we'll get somebody on our fucking show. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be Tim Russ because he listens. I, of course, it's Phantom Thief Goofus, right? Tim Russ. <laughs> Love that Goofus. <laughs> Love that Goofus. I tell you what. Uh, why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back after these solid messages from our sponsor. Yay! After the Trek Boys, as I am sure you are aware, the USS Tapons radio program is no longer within reasonable proximity to continue your morning show. This is because we have partaken upon the journey to retrieve the man you were hired to replace, Hoteen. I have been assured that our days ahead will be filled with time travel, glorious battles, and jokes about interspecies mating rituals. If this type of adventure is of interest to you, you may find updates on Twitter at TapanOnSubspace, or simply visit iTunes and search for Tapon. You will undoubtedly find our broadcasts there. If members of your audience appreciate the writing of Rich Masters or Boston Sean, then they will surely find this endeavor entertaining. If, in the future, our paths cross once again, I would not object to having one or both of you on as a guest. I found your presence satisfactory. This has been Tapon of the Tapon's Radio Program, aboard the USS Tapon's Radio Program. Back to the show. 
and we're back. Hopefully that gutter service is now in your home and there'll be a nice check in our mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to point out to all of our listeners at home that if you would like to support M-Class Podcast, you can head on over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast and for as little as a dollar... You'll have access to an entire treasure trove worth of extra podcast episodes and a Discord full of just complete fucking weirdos you can hang out with and have a great time. We do like 47 podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) Well, probably way too many, but you know what? We're just going to die soon anyway, so why does it matter? It doesn't. Nothing does. Nothing matters. And you know what? That can be freeing in its own way. (laughs) Not like the Discord, though. It's at least a dollar. It's a dollar. <laughs> and uh, if you'd like to advertise on M-Class Podcast, shoot us an email at mclassemail at gmail.com, and uh, we'll talk about some pricing for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now that we've done hoard ourselves out real good, I'm yeah, going to jump I, back into the episode. <laughs> I put my garter belts on, and I raised my skirt up, and oh I was like, God. come and get it, advertising boys. <laughs> Instant boners amongst all advertisers. Fucking That'll break Casper in. mattresses are already at the back door. <laughs> Is that a mattress company? Yeah, Casper yeah. mattresses. They do like a million advertisements on podcasts. Except oh, do they? Yeah, oh, it's well, like Blue not? Apron where they're on every podcast except Oh, uh, Blue Apron. Reason. Yeah, or uh, Grammarly. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, I really wish Blue Apron would come to me or, like, offer me a sponsorship because I actually really like Blue Apron. We could probably get Blue Apron. And if they would, like, sponsor the show just by, like, giving me free Blue Apron, that would be fucking amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I would take fucking Blue Apron. Dude, they send, like, real food to your house? That'd be fucking crazy. (laughs) They, like, make the food for you. It shows up. It just shows up, you put that shit together, you heat it over the stove, and it's real food? Oh, I gotta heat it? Ah, uh, never mind, I don't want Oh, shit. Josh will go back to Cheetos, he didn't need anything else. I want one of those, like, ramen noodle cups from Cowboy Bebop, where you pull a string and it just heats itself up. Oh, dude, that'd be amazing. That's, that would be awesome. Here's a tangent for you. you do you <laughs> eat ramen any, Josh? Yeah, I love ramen. Do you Fuck eat, yeah. What type of ramen do you get? I usually get Maruchan ramen. Have you Top noti- ramen's also good. Have you noticed that Maruchan ramen has started to taste like weirdly like flowery recently? It tastes like floral. I have not, but it's, I ha- I ha- haven't. It's summer, so I don't tr- eat a lot, drink a lot of ramen, eat a lot of ramen. Eat, in it, the eat or drink a lot of ramen. <laughs> yeah, because it's too hot. But in the winter, I I eat a shitload of it. I eat ramen just to get warm in the in the like, wintertime. <laughs> I had this. I had like a couple things of ramen. I like had a coupon or something where I could get multiple things of ramen. So I was like, "Fuck it, yeah. I get it." I got Maruchan, and you know, a coupon for ramen is like fucking. Uh, you just take it. Just take it. It's free. A coupon for ramen. I mean, it's practically free anyway. But a coupon is just it's double free. It was like two for one or something. But like, what, like fucking, five cents. I fucking uh, start, I started eating the Maruchan. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of gross. What the fuck? It, I'll have to try it. It tastes like flowers. And I put a tweet out about it, and several people were like, yeah, it tastes gross. Recently, I don't know why. That's so weird. I would freak me out. I was like, fuck, they changed the recipe to this? Here's another gross tangent. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. 
I love the kiwi strawberry flavored Gatorade. It's uh-huh. my favorite Gatorade. So I get like a shitload of it and just drink it a lot. And um, I was having like really bad allergies because it's summer and allergies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I took this like Mucinex for allergies and washed it down with this Gatorade. And then like I was drinking this Gatorade like like the same night or like 10 minutes later or whatever. And I noticed it smelled like watermelon, like fake watermelon flavor. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was smelling this Gatorade because it doesn't have watermelon in it. And then I like took a sip of it again and it was like all this gross uh, snot in my mouth. (sighs) So like if you mix Mucinex with Gatorade, it turns into watermelon flavored snot. You know, uh, that is a lot grosser than my tangent. <laughs> so I probably drank, like, my own snot. <laughs> it came from you. It's fine. I was legitimately disgusted. I was like, that's fucking nasty, dude. Yeah. I was pissed. I would I be, pissed. too. That's fucking gross. I was like, this is disgusting. I, I, was, I thought, I was like, am I getting poisoned? Is there poison in this? Like, what is this? Then I remembered, oh, it's probably, like, the backwash from the fucking uh. Mucinex. That is so gross. I like the, the first thing your mind went to wasn't like, maybe this has gone bad. It's, is someone poisoning me? Well, it didn't go bad because at first it didn't taste like it because it was normal. It was just how it tasted, right? Like it was, but I, got I guess like, I took a sip. And I got like weird person brain where like if I took a drink and it was fine and then I took a second drink and it was fucked up, I'd be like, oh, did it go bad from here down? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back on Deep Space Nine on the promenade, uh, Bashir meets his boyfriend, Garrick. <laughs> yeah, Garrick's here. Um, and uh, they're, like, um, talking about how Garrick believes that the treaty with the Federation is going to be nothing but trouble. There's going to be a war with the Romulans because of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. so the Romulan, what's her name? To rule. To, to <laughs> Which is to a great rule. name. Nip high football to rules. Uh, <laughs> she she comes out of sick bay and is like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, dickheads?" And and they're like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "You guys didn't like let the Romulan Empire like have a seat at the conference." Yeah, everyone and, except the Romulans yeah. were invited to the negotiations, which is like a pretty big issue. So, like, here's what I love about this episode: like, knowing what happens, like, and I don't want to like kind of spoil it, I guess, but like, I'm gonna kind of spoil it. Like, tread the, tread the, lightly. We have a lot of people who are watching quickly to catch up with Deep Space Nine, so they can watch listen okay. to this episode. So I, I don't, I don't know if I can say it then, but the Dominion is like. Testing the waters, right? Yeah, they're like this is setting such up chess a, pieces at this yes, point. Yes, this is such a smart move because they know if the Federation and the Romulans ally, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So they're already like they're like fifty moves ahead. It's crazy, and it's already setting up something to keep the Federation busy. So yes. that they won't be paying attention to what the Dominion does after the treaty's signed. Right. Because they'll be too busy dealing with the Romulans. Right. They have another em- enemy and not the Dominion. It's genius. It's very smart. It's, like, the founders are exceptionally intelligent enemies. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's like, um, amazing how much, like, 
the Federation gets out of this as good as it does. Like, like this could have been the end, right? Like, it really, it could have been the end of the Alpha Quadrant entirely. Because yeah. the Dominion's fucking insane. And they're doing exactly what Starfleet is doing, but nefariously. Like, they're the anti-Starfleet. Oh, yeah. They don't bring, uh, like planets into their federation like willingly they force them right into complete and without giving too much away without giving too much away they're doing what like the federation would do when they first met another race right another species but they're doing it eh, bad guys they're the bad guys (laughs) evilly yeah Back on the Changeling homeworld, Kira is trying to figure out why her signal can't be sent off-planet. Yeah, she's, like, standing on top of rocks, which are Odo's, and trying to hold her phone up. <laughs> uh, she finds out that there's some sort of subsurface, like, power something. There's something beneath the surface putting out yeah, a ton she can't, of power. She can't scan it because there's a poly alloy down there, unknown what it is. And like whatever is in behind this poly uh, polymetallic substance, that's what it is, is stopping the computer from being able to send communications. And she's like, "I got to know what that is." And Odo shows up and he's like, "Hey, baby, what's up?" And she's like, <laughs> "They won't let me call home." She's like, "My phone won't work, Odo." <laughs> what the. F- Fuck. I got no <laughs> bars on your weird goo people planet, Odo. Gotta call my dad. <laughs> Gotta get a ride from my dad, Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come and get me, Cisco. I'm ready to go. Uh, There's nothing to do on a stupid goo planet. So bored. <laughs> but uh, Cisco's busy. With uh, um, other things, with Admiral Nechev. Yeah. Oh, does are we there yet? Did we get yeah. there already? Oh, like, this, he, we're he, flying now. He like bursts the fuck into the room with Admiral Nechev, and she's yeah. he's like, "Why aren't the Romulans being invited? This stinks, and I hate it. <laughs> and <laughs> My feelings are hurt." <laughs> Admiral Nechev says, "Look, the Dominion asked us not to include the Romulans because they would be disruptive." And he's yeah. like, but you brought the Cardassians? We're, <laughs> yeah. all, we're like fucking at war with them right now. Yeah, we hate those guys. <laughs> Even you don't like them. Remember at that party, Bacheyev, when you were like, ugh, Cardassians? <laughs> and she like gets shifty eyed and goes, uh, no. She's like, I don't remember saying that. I would that never say that. Been Admiral Slacheyev. <laughs> And she's like, look, if we join up with Big Daddy Dominion, there's nothing the Romulans can do to hurt us. Yeah. And Cisco's like, this seems really fucked up to me. Like, weren't we just about to become friends with the Romulans? Like, we yeah. were doing the whole cloak thing together? Yeah. It's... And Necheyev says, fuck those green-blooded hobgoblins. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Shit. And Cisco uh, is deeply troubled by her racism. <laughs> he, he like flips out, and he's like, he's like, I'm go- I want to talk to fucking command. He's like, I want to talk to someone else. I want to talk to the fucking Federation Council, right? And she says like, Well, we signed it already. 
He's and like, he slams oh, his hand no. down. He goes, fuck, what? <laughs> fuck, I shouldn't have took that nap earlier. Shit. I, <laughs> he's like, when? And she's like, today. <laughs> yeah, earlier this afternoon. We went ahead and signed it. And he, like, gets huffy. He, like, sits down in a huff, like, <laughs> He, like, literally sits down in a huff. He's like, <gasps> Um, so Cisco's like, fuck, what are we even gonna do, man? Yeah, he goes, um, he, like, leaves, and then he goes and sits, thinks. <laughs> um, back on the Changeling homeworld, Odo and the female Changeling. <laughs> FC, we'll call her FC. Start talking about the Changeling history, and they're like, yeah, you know, we've been hunted by the, cha- by solids, like, solids, like, fucking make us do Cardassian net tricks. And yeah, you might have heard about that. <laughs> they mix us into our drinks and go, look, you're a mixed cocktail. <laughs> like, we hate one, it, right? One of them made me turn into a Gucci bag for, like, seven months. <laughs> like, every time my neighbor, like, accidentally loses their dog, like, I have to shapeshift into the dog and pretend to be the dog for until a we, shenanigans. Until we can find the dog and then elaborately replace you with the real dog. Like also, they, like, kill us a lot, so we don't care for that. <laughs> Not into that. And he's like, well, I love my solid friends. And she's like, ew, gross. <laughs> uh, but then they, like, hug and turn into, like, an Alex Mack butt plug. Yeah, they have, like, weird, uh, I mean, totally normal, not being racist right now, changeling sex. They have weirdo Brandon Braga changeling sex together. And yep. uh, everybody watching gets hard, and they don't know why. The whole collective turns into <laughs> the collective. Sorry, the, the collective. The, what is there? What is there? Fucking name? the Great the whole, Link. Uh, the Link turns into a, just a big dick that it's points like, out of the planet. Kira finds the source of the polymetallic substance down below in like a cave. I guess she just follows her nose to the cave. Yeah, which is kind of weird. I'm going to say this is weird. Because, <laughs> like, why would the changelings need to walk to this place? I guess the... Well, I guess the, like other the, people do. The spoilers and the spoilers yeah. need a door to go they, through. The spoilers so. and the spoilers, too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And they've already watched this episode. I guess we don't have to fucking hide the spoiler at the end of it. Yeah, I guess. But. The um, Vorta and the uh, Jim Hadar need a door to go through. Yeah, yeah. But she's like, yeah, why the fuck would changelings need a door? They don't need a door, right? Yeah, they, well, they, don't, they don't like being people. She's they like, like being goop. She's like, computer, scan the door. And the computer's like, no, I can't. And he's like, she's like, she's like, God, stupid. I should have got the fucking iPhone. (laughs) Fucking Android. Stupid Alcar's bullshit. Uh, Back at Quark's, the real center of this story. (laughs) Man, I forgot about like how quickly this goes. It's like back and forth this this episode. Yeah. Um, Bashir and O'Brien are drinking as usual. God, Irish people. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> and uh, they're talking to Quark, and Quark's like, "Hey, I want humans and Ferengi and Cardassians and Jim Hadar to be standing side by side up on that mountain. I have a dream, and they'll all <laughs> give me their money at the Dabo table." <laughs> it's like. 
Ferengi Martin Luther King. Yeah, he, he, he really starts doing the I have a dream speech, <laughs> a but dream it just ends up, and then they go to my Dabo tables together. And then I, and then I cheat them out of their latinum. But uh, they're, like, laughing about it, like, ha-ha, Quark, you're dumb. And he's like, I'm the best. And they're like, ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> Quark um, rules. And a Jem Hadar just, like, trips over O'Brien. He's like, Bleh. Yeah. You're in my way. Yeah. And O'Brien says, sorry. Yeah, he says, sorry, and, like, real weird. And that's enough for the Jem Hadar to, like, pick him up and throw him across the fucking bar. Yeah, you get a Star Trek bar fight, which is and they, classic. He just keeps, like, throwing him against shit, and then, like, Bashir runs up to the Jem Hadar and, like, tries to, like, grab him, but yeah. the Jem Hadar has, like, super strength, so he can't. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I guess it's not so much a bar fight as it's, like, a O'Brien gets hurled around a bunch inside of a bar. <laughs> And then the worst security chief in the history of Star Trek. Shows I lo- up. I love this. This is genius. I think this is great because like you already don't trust Eddington. Yeah, you're like you're like oh god Eddington. Who the fuck is this asshole? And then this happens, and you're like this is it. This I knew this guy was a butthole. Yeah. And Eddington's like, uh, yeah, it won't happen again, Mr. Jem'Hadar. And he's like, see yeah. to it that it doesn't. Bashir's yeah, that- fucking livid at this he- point. Everyone's like, what in the fuck is happening? And he's like, you're not going to do anything to that Jem'Hadar for this? And Eddington's yeah. like, oh, they don't know our customs like we do. We have to give him a wide berth. And it's and like, fucking uh... Bashir's like, so until they learn our customs, they're allowed to do whatever they want. And Eddington's like, and you'd be, you'd be smart to remember that next time you get in their way <laughs> it's like where like dude at like, this point i'd be like security chief are you you little fucking twig bitch what are you man, doing having lived in the star trek universe for three th- two two seasons and two episodes i'd be like uh program uh end program yeah <laughs> i'd be like I'd we're be in like, some sort of fuck. shit right what is now. happening yeah. what's going on right now cisco is having dinner with jake who is also in this episode Oh, he's here. And, and Jake Good is like, he's the potatoes. <laughs> and Cisco just keeps, he's making the potato mountain from UHF. <laughs> <laughs> he's making the potato mountain from UHF, which is the potato mountain from Close Encounter to the Third. Look, I don't care about that movie. He's making it from <laughs> UHF. <laughs> and he UHF. says, this means something. <laughs> See, that's from the other movie, Jake. <laughs> I only uh, think of UHF when I think of that scene for some oh reason. My God. I know more it's like, a parody, but still. More like UH Jeff. That's right, baby. <laughs> we should remake UHF, but it's just about me. UH Jeff. <laughs> UH Jeff. Anyway, um, uh, he can't pass the potatoes because he's too busy thinking about shit's being fucked. Yeah, shit's crazy. But Dax comes in and she's like, why have I been transferred to the Lexington? Yeah. And Cisco's like, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bashir calls him and bring, and he's like, hey, O'Brien's in sickbay because he got the shit knocked out of him. He got thrown around. What are a, you going to do about it, Cisco? A Stegosaurus threw him around a bunch. <laughs> oh, no, this is when Cisco fucking comes into the meeting with Necheyev and Borath. Before, he was just oh, it talking is. to Necheyev. Oh, that's that's right. Because then sh- this is when she she also says, uh, "We've transferred everybody." That's right. I yeah, forgot. like retcon, yeah. retcon, retcon. Yeah. Earlier this episode, I fucked up. It's uh, okay. No, I also thought that's when it because there's a lot of like back and forth with this at this yeah. point. 
And he's like, why has Dax been reassigned without my consent? Yeah, why are the Jim Hadar yeah. allowed to attack O'Brien? Right, right, And right. why the fuck don't we have the Romulans signing this treaty with us? Right, and Achaev right. says, look, fuck you. We're going to do what the, we're going to do what Borath yeah. wants. My new husband, Borath. <laughs> the sexiest Vorta. <laughs> He probably doesn't have a penis because that would be unnecessary for Florida, but whatever. Waste of materials in the cloning lab. We're in an aromantic relationship. And um, (laughs) we kiss with tongue. And Bajor's request for Federation membership is fucking suspended. Who cares? That's right. That's right. And Federation is withdrawing from Deep Space Nine, and the station, Bajor, and the wormhole are now the property of the Dominion. Which is. Yeah, at this point, you're like, all right. You're like, what is fucking happening? Yeah, yeah. Good job, Captain Sisko. Wink, she winks at him. Oh, that's right, because she offers him a captain seat, right? Yeah. And And she she says, like, what what fucking happens if the Bajorans aren't happy being handed over to the Dominion? Are the Jim Hadar going to come in? Right. Borath is like, no, this is... We only use the Jem'Hadar on our enemies. Yeah. Which is not true. We learned that fucking meeting people in the Gamma Quadrant. The Vorta are like that riddle where it's like one of us is telling the truth and one of us is lying, except for it's one of us is lying and one of us is also lying. <laughs> one the of Vorta us is are lying like, worse and one, yeah, of, one of us is, us is a better. super liar and the other one's kind of just a regular liar. <laughs> Yeah. And the Admiral's like, this is the price for peace. Oh, and Cisco's like, the, then the price of peace is too damn high. Dude, oh man, I love it. We're I, getting, I wanna, a little, getting a little Picardy in here. I Picardy and rum. I want to <laughs> talk to the Federation representatives before That's they sign right. that treaty. That's when they said it, yeah. And she's like, oh, we already signed it. You're yeah. too late. And he's yep. like, shit, I shouldn't have spent four hours on the holodeck. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought I had time. I was just doing my dailies. <laughs> doing my dailies. Doing my dailies. <laughs> he's fucking, fucking playing out. ESO in there. <laughs> he's like, I gotta do my crafting. I bet World of Warcraft still exists at this point. It's just oh, all God. holodeck. Oh, God. It still has the same graphics. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Back on the Changeling planet, Odo's been flying around as a vulture, which he knows the species of for some reason. Sure. <laughs> he, he lands and changes back, and Kira's like, wow, that was really cool. Turned into like, a skateboard. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. It was like feeling all that like wind beneath my wings and shit. I finally know yeah. what that broad was singing about. Yeah. And Kira's like, oh, I'm happy for you. And he weirdly says, I know you are. Yeah, he's not very good at this. I was like, what the fuck does that mean, Oda? <laughs> he's kind of a dingus. But like, he uh, doesn't know how to talk to attractive redheaded ladies. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> Other uh, redheaded people. Kira is like, hey, uh, are you advocating for fucking genetic purity for redheads over here, Himmler? Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is redheads should just only date redheads, Jeff. I'm already breaking this rule, Josh. I I I know, Jeff, and um we know about it. Oh we? Oh no <laughs> I mean, let's continue uh, with the episode. Oh Okay, so um <laughs> Kira's like, hey Odo, help me fucking open this big door. And Odo's like 
a door? What would yeah. we need a door for? What would That's my what people it... need a door for? Yeah, he says that. Yeah. And Kira's like, you met them earlier today, dude. They're your people now? Yeah, <laughs> things are going a lot quickly here. You and, French uh, kiss one pile of goo, and next thing you know, you're in love. Ugh. That's what I always say. He meets his first goo person, and he's already, like, love-struck. He's, yeah, drunk on that goo whatever they have going on down there. <laughs> Both, none, whatever. Probably not. Well, I don't know. Like, later, Odo and the female changeling have regular sex, and the female changeling's That's right. like, mm, yeah, I've better. I've had better. I've had better, even though this is the first time. <laughs> what, if, what, if, <laughs> what if she, like, pulls her pants down and, like, they're getting ready to slam down, and it's just a vulture there. <laughs> like, a live vulture. <sighs> she pulls the pants down, and there's, like, just a weird, like, tentacle thing dangling there. And Odo's like, ah, uh, that's not really what, like, Close. most solids have. And she's <laughs> like, how would I know? She's like, look, you're not good at making faces. I'm not good at making other things, all right? We each have our skills that we're good at. What do you want down there? Fucking tell me. I don't know. Just tell me. Show me a you tell me what you want. Draw me something. I don't have any frame of reference. Back at the station, Cisco's hanging out at the replomat. This is when Garrick shows up. He's drinking himself a rock to Gino. Which is like a like whatever eight eight espressos <laughs> put into one coffee drink. I hear it's got, like, chocolate in it, too. Or maybe that's just Jake Sisko has it with chocolate. I forget. I really want to wreck the Gino. Yeah, it sounds fucking great. Yeah. But uh, Garrick walks up, and he's like, S- uh, Commander, I just wanted to let you know that I've been watching you for these past two years, and you did a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this. Uh, this is, like, one of those rare Garrick and somebody else conversations. Like yeah, he's, he's almost always just talking to Bashir. Bashir is, like, his handler in the show, kind of, right? You know? But uh, um, he's like, yeah, I think that you did a great job, and I think you're going to be back. And Cisco's like, how's that? And he says, yeah, well, when you come back, it'll probably be to fight the Bajorans, since right. they, f- they formed an alliance with the Romulans against yeah, the Dominion. Things have gone horribly bad. Like, like shit is wild right now, right? Yeah. And he says that. He's like, I can only... Uh, Garrick is like, well, I can only assume that our leaders have gone mad or something yeah. like that. But, like, Garrick sits down, and he's like, oh, there's a tone of bitterness in your voice. And he says, oh, you're probably right about that. Yeah. And he's like, well, I feel the same way, and I think, you know, that they've gone insane. And it's a pity that we've both been committed to following the orders of our leaders. Right. And Cisco's like, you know, I agree with that pity part. And, you know, it's it's crazy how much we have in common, Garrick. Yeah. He says, life is full of surprises. I love it. I fucking love it. It's such a great scene. I love it. Pretty much any scene with Garrick in it is a good scene. I He's amazing. I He's like, maybe... I, I would say he's like the the best character on the show. Because this show is full of like really great characters. Oh, yeah. Like, but it's hard awesome. to pick a favorite character on this show. Like... For the longest time during the show, I would say Odo is my favorite character. But, yeah. like, probably after this season. Because for most of this season, Odo is very much like, fuck you, changelings. I'm not one of you. Yeah, which is good. But then, like, after then, this yeah. season, he starts to get real fucking, like, waffly about it. And, like, I don't like yeah. him as much anymore. He's easily manipulated by them. And that's yeah. annoying to watch. Like it's At always- that point, I think Nog 
becomes my favorite. Yeah, Nog is great. It's I, everybody's hard. great. It's hard for me to choose though, because I really love Rom as well. It's hard yeah. to choose. Oh, but, uh, um, brother. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, brother. Um, uh, I think the worst is Ezri. Uh, uh, Ezri is the worst. But yeah, only, Esri's cute, only because but she's not there the whole time. Yeah, she's like Cousin Oliver, though. They just kind of yeah. put her in at the end because they need somebody to fill the character slot. Pixie Dream Girl, Cousin Oliver. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're like, look, it's the 90s. People are super into this, like, pixie haircut. Let's just get a cutie with a pixie haircut on here. Brennan Brock is like, mm, how tall is she? <laughs> Can I fit in her vagina? Is she over nine feet tall or over 12 feet tall? <laughs> We're going to need a 50-foot woman on this one, I think. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, like after they have their little conversation, they're like buddying up, becoming best friends. To rule the Romulan runs down yeah. the promenade. And she's like, "Cisco, Commander Cisco." Yeah, and she's being chased by two Jem Hadar who just open fucking fire on the promenade and kill yeah. her. There's just people shopping, and they're just like, "Shoot a gun here!" <laughs> Fuck they it. just shoot her in the back and yeah, kill her. Cold. It's cold. And she man. Just, she falls into Cisco's arms, dead, and. Cisco's like, what the fuck? And just starts beating up all the Jem Hadar yeah. <laughs> by himself. He gets pissed. <laughs> but then the Jem Hadar like grabs Cisco and like knock him the fuck down and like you're like, Cisco, a couple seasons ago you fought two fully armed Klingons by yourself. Yeah. I guess the Jem Hadar are just like They're like super Klingons. They're like yeah. stronger. They're st- they're stegosauruses. <laughs> <laughs> They are stegosauruses. <laughs> but um, apparently, like, Cisco gets taken to the security office. He gets thrown in the brig. Mm-hmm. And uh, Garrick, Dax, and Bashir break him out by, like, knocking Eddington the fuck out, which is great. Yeah, Garrick. I love Garrick when he's like, oh, you have a loose thread. And they use the old yeah. Star Trek hypo spray, right? Where they, like, knock yeah. him out. And he's like, we're in a hurry, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Cisco and. Dax and Bashir and Garrick, like, they're, like, headed towards the, um, like... Shuttle. Like, the shuttle bay, yeah. And they're being chased by Jamhadar, who managed to, uh, like... First, they do this fun little switcheroo thing where, like, the Jamhadar catch them. Yes, And Garrick is like, put down your weapons, and makes all the heroes put their weapons down and pretends to be on their side. He, like, heel turns for, like, a second, and he's like, I'm glad that, I'm glad that I got that you are here, and he's like, didn't you guys hear about the plan? Like, and the Geminar are like, what? (laughs) I turn on them, and then I shoot you, and and he shoots shoots both of them. (laughs) It's super Garrick. Oh, God. I love Garrick. But then as he's running away, he gets shot, and... Like they end, they end up heading to the Rio Grande with a full complement of photon torpedoes. Load them up, <laughs> and they're gonna fucking destroy the wormhole. Collapse the wormhole, baby, baby. Back on the Changelings' home world, <laughs> which by this point you're thinking this is definitely a B plot, right? Because it's boring as fuck. Yeah. Odo is checking out that door. He's put his goo fingers in it. Yeah, it's like a lock made for, I guess, the changelings to put their fingers in or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, it's not meant to keep people out. It's meant to keep whatever is inside in, yeah, which yeah. in a minute will make absolutely no sense. 
and uh, yes yes it's true i I didn't even think about that that's all i could think about like afterwards i was like wait how the fuck is this supposed to keep people inside there's nothing like that in here yeah also there's other people in there how are they getting (laughs) like but like uh, yeah exactly like Like, our our heroes back on the station end up making it to the rio grande Yep. And they, like, take off. O'Brien's there with him. And he's got a big fat lip from getting thrown around a bar. I didn't think you were going to say lip. He's got a big fat ass. I thought you were going to say dick, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you you thought I was going to say it, but you were still going to say what? <laughs> yeah, I was going to be like, what? <laughs> I don't remember that. Show me a picture. Uh, let me send you this picture real quick. Boop, boop, boop. There you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, while they're flying towards the wormhole they get a call from Admiral Bicheyev and yeah. boring ass damn the, that's right I got him shit and he's like hey I'm gonna send the Jem Hadar and Cisco's like yeah fucking send him but they're not gonna have any backup for 70 years yeah I hope you like flying for 70 years into the game Alpha Beta Alpha Quadrant where are we Alpha Quadrant the, the Alpha Beta Gamma Quadrant <laughs> yeah I hope you like it bitches and then <laughs> O'Brien launches some photon torpedoes the wormhole fucking implodes yep and our heroes win yay Meanwhile, back on the Changeling's world again, mm-hmm. Odo turns that lock mechanism with his gross hand, and it opens, and there's just two Jem'Hadar standing there with their guns. And the, yeah, and the board, and there's a Vorta in there too. Uh, it's like when the Borat thing opens, it's just two Jem'Hadar standing by themselves, like looking at them. <laughs> like it's very Scooby Doo almost. <laughs> but um, they like take them into custody and take them into the underground complex, yeah. and like they're like, "Oh my God, what is this?" But when they finally get to the final chamber, there's like a bunch of equipment set up. Borath is there, and that's what yeah. Bashir, Dax, Tarul, Cisco, and O'Brien are all strapped to uh, very flimsy-looking prop tables. Right. <laughs> and uh, there are also other Vorta there, but and more Jem Hadar, and they're all like, "Oh my God, what the fuck is this? What are you done with them?" Yeah. And they've been unconscious while he's running, like, a virtual reality experiment on their he's head. He's matrixing them. It fucking turns the whole episode around where, like, the main plot line you thought you were following was actually the B-plot to all this yeah. dumb shit with Odo. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of think Odo is the B-plot, but then it turns out that this is all, like, a holodeck, but not a holodeck. I guess uh, it kind of is, but... A John Larroquette fun fact for you. Uh, oh audiences God. did not care for this. It was all a dream fucking ending. For no, this I love this. Like, Why? At the time, audiences did not care for that because they, they were really invested in the changes that were happening to Deep Space Nine. They thought everything was being upended. Well, you gotta up. wait like another like three years. <laughs> They had no idea at the time. They just thought yeah. it like they did that. They thought it was all done just to make the status quo keep happening. Oh right, they. I see. They were mad that like the, they thought the Dominion wasn't gonna come back or something, right? Like, the, the, they thought that the wormhole really did get collapsed. They thought all right, the right, stuff right. that happened in the simula- simulation was real right. and. 
the status quo was like gone. And but it was the gonna be like is our heroes. Like even when you're watching it like from a first time somewhat objective point of view, which is like impossible for us to do, but like Yeah. I like it's ridiculous. Like all the shit that's going on on the station is crazy. Like there's that like, that if, would if be bad. If I was watching writing. this completely blank, not knowing anything about the rest yeah. of the show, I would have been like, "Wow, the fuck are they gonna keep writing this show?" Yeah, having watched two seasons, I'd be like, "What? What?" But pe- people don't care for it was all a dream plots. People don't like them too much. I mean, later when they do this again, they they don't do it. It's a dream. But later when like the Federation is booted off of the station, it's only like two or three episodes that they're not back on it again. And, like, those episodes are long, and it feels like forever. And maybe it's supposed to feel like that, because it's, like, makes you feel like like it's been a while since they've been home or whatever. But, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. You kind of need the station, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, from the sort of very non-objective point of view that we're at now, because we know the whole series beginning to end... If this wouldn't have been a dream, it would have fucked the whole show from then on. Yeah, <laughs> like, where what do you, do you even do, right? But like, so when they do it, when they do it later, where like uh, Cisco is like uh, captain of one of the fleets, like he's in charge of one of the fleets, and he's like Admiral Ross's like go-to guy. Yeah. They just cut to them in like a tiny office on some space station. You're like, what the fuck is this? You're like, where are they? Like, it's just this one room. There's, there's like not much establishing on that yeah, space station. Yeah. It's literally just that one room and an outside shot. They don't That's show. Yeah, they don't show you like the station. They just show you the room, and you're kind of like, uh, this doesn't feel right. You're, yeah. you're very much like this is definitely not going to be the status quo from now right, on. Like they're trying right. to make it seem like it, but they would have made more sets. Yeah, if, if they that wanted it, right? They would have showed you more of the station and shit. But um, like, Bor- Borath is like, yeah, we've been running this simulation to figure out how they respond to the Dominion trying to gain a foothold in the Alpha Quadrant, and it turns out not well. They don't like it. Yeah, and um, like Boreth is like, you guys are so stubborn. I'm glad that I'm not the one that has to deal, with, deal it. with it. I love it. What does Borath go do for the rest of the Dominion War? Does he just like is he an accountant? They just make him go be an accountant somewhere. <laughs> He probably just got fucking destroyed because his stupid simulation didn't work. Well, it, it worked fine. Like they found out information. Like it didn't fail. Like yeah, but it, they didn't get the outcome they wanted, where they rolled over. Like the Dominion doesn't care whether you did a good job doing what what you set out to do. But I don't think. See, here's where I'll disagree with that. I don't think that that because why was Garrick helping them? Because Garrick was just a part of the simulation. Like I think they they really wanted to see if they would do it. Like oh, for sure. Like, I agree with that. I'm not saying that that's not the stated parameters. Right. I'm saying that the founders are very much the boss who tells you they want this outcome, and when you give them that outcome, they fire you for not doing better. Yeah, but scientifically, like, there is no bad outcome. And this is a science experiment, so they should be, like, happy you, about, not happy you're definitely about it, coming at this from a place that isn't a universe conquering monster society where they <laughs> murder anyone who doesn't live up to their standards i'm just saying it's a waste of a vorta you don't have to kill the thing you found out information that was valuable i don't know they shipped him off to do like paperwork <laughs> maybe he's on breen doing he's in siberia a breen <laughs> 
The Breen homeworld is definitely Siberia. What if it's like tropical? What if it's like just hot? They and just wear the cold suits even wear, though it's like a tropical planet. Yeah, it's like an air conditioning suit, which I wish I was wearing right now because it's yeah, 100 degrees. Fucking, I have to turn my air off now to record, so it's <laughs> fucking a million degrees. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we get the grand reveal that, like, a changeling, the changeling female stands in and says, but I have to. Yep, it's them. Like, which, like, like, obviously it's them. Right? Everybody's like, oh my god, no. And Odo's like, holy fuck, you're the founders? Yeah. And she's like, that's right, baby. And she, like, rips her shirt, which is not her shirt open, and there's a big F for founders. <laughs> there's a big founders baseball logo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh they're like um the like isn't there an irony that the hunted now control the destinies of hundreds of other races yeah they're they're enjoying the moment a little bit they're they're hamming it up and Odo's like why the fuck would you do this like what why would my people be doing this yeah and she, and she's like she gives her stated reason, which is what you control can't hurt you, right? Which is fucked. They're the Federation, but evil. I'm telling you, yeah. man. This is exactly what the Federation does to pre-warp societies. I mean, they don't like abduct them. I mean, maybe I don't think they do, but like, no, they look at them and they watch them, which is uh, invasive enough for some people. So much so that like they don't tell them about it. You know what I mean? Like. They're spying on them. It's very much... The Dominion is 100% the evil federation. Yeah. And I'm sure that was, like, the consideration when yeah. they were created as well. Yeah. But um, Kira's, like, mad. She's like, oh, you guys don't bring order. You bring murder. And she's like, I don't give a fuck what solids think about it. Yeah. Which is, like, you realize that solids isn't just, like, a, a name that they call people who aren't liquid. It's, it's like, a slur. It's, like, it's a, solids. It's a racial slur, yeah. It's crazy. Odo's, Odo's straight up, like, look, how can you justify all these deaths? And she's like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, whatever keeps my people safe is all I care about. Yeah, she's a little much. <laughs> it, it's very much, like hyper jingoism yeah in the way we understand it but just yeah. on a planetary scale yeah and Odo's like uh, he, he tries to reason with her a little bit but she basically says like the solids are nothing like us yeah. but we don't care and Odo says yeah they're not neither am I yeah he's like he chooses his side until season whatever <laughs> yeah pretty much but like yeah. he, he gets like a mulligan pretty much cause she's like yeah no changeling has ever harmed another changeling that's right yeah so and Odo's like well you're gonna have to go through me to get to them so they just let him go they're like alright you can go and also they like the Defiant is still there they're like yeah your ship's in orbit <laughs> Like, what? Yeah, just take it, I guess. We definitely guess, didn't tamper with it at all, and they didn't! What the I, fuck? <laughs> I guess it's, like... I guess it's, like, better than driving them back home. Like, yeah, just drive yourself, right? Like, you can yeah. drive, right? Yeah, cool. I guess, like, they just don't care at this point. Like, they know that they're light years ahead of the Federation when it comes to yeah. armament and ability and everything, so they just don't fucking care, but, it's like... The, it's the old overconfidence thing. Like, yeah. they're super overconfident, and that, yeah... It's like just you, like if they had the Defiant, why didn't they just put spy equipment on it to like fucking right. find out information or something? But they don't. They're just like, here's your shit back. We but also like, it. also like, if you kill Cisco right now, you win. 
Like, yeah. The, I mean, I guess they didn't Cisco. know that at that point. Like, yeah, Cisco yeah. is just a commander on some space station to them. Right. right. He, they don't realize he's going to be like fucking uh, General Grant over here, like winning he's, the war. He is right? the hero <laughs> yeah. of the Dominion War. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> but like, they—they uh, they basically just fucking. They wake up the crew of the Defiant, and they're all like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah. The and Romulan. I love. The, is, I love the, the, oh yeah. The Romulan's like, last thing I remember, I was dead. <laughs> They're all like, the last thing I remember was the Defiant getting, or like, destroying the wormhole. And she's like, the last thing I remember is getting fucking shot. <laughs> she's like, dude, yo, she's gonna have a fucking, like, weeks of debriefing. Like, oh, I, oh, yeah. dude, I, the first thing I think is like, yo, this Romulan officer is gonna have to go tell every Romulan about this a hundred times. It's gonna oh, suck. Oh, yeah. The, the fucking craziest thing is, like, what did Tarul experience after she got shot? And what if she had some sort of an idea of a Romulan heaven and that yeah. simulation didn't include it? Would that shake her faith? Maybe, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I guess, like, not. I guess it wouldn't because... Yeah, because it's just a simulation. It was a simulation, so why would But, it? like, how fucking horrifying would that be if, like, your consciousness is just, like, shot and then black and you don't remember anything else? And, well, you like, wouldn't remember, so it wouldn't matter. I mean, I you've done it before. True. You weren't alive once. I don't what remember was, it. What was that like? <laughs> I don't remember it. I don't remember what being alive for the first few years was like. Yeah, <laughs> one day you just switch on. You're just like, oh, I'm here yeah. now, I guess. I'm alive. I don't remember before, but... <laughs> I always think that's fascinating about human beings, because, like, other animals, like, the first, like, two hours of their life, they're they're that animal, right? Like, they are up and yeah. walking. I think it has something to do with, like, how our brain needs to process the world. Like, I think, like, it's too much, and we can't do well, it. Well, yeah, like, our, our understanding of the world around us is, like, light years ahead it's of, like, too an much. animal's understanding. Yeah, so. it's too much to handle at once, so we have to, like, slowly boot up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that we, was exactly what I was gonna call yeah, it. Yeah. Booting up, like we have to like s- like switch a few things on and then be like, okay, we're good. Now turn on the thing. Booting <laughs> up like an Apple One. Yeah, yeah. It just takes a couple years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Cisco's demands an explanation, but like Odo's like, I'll tell you when if you you guys have to leave now, but I'll tell you as soon as I meet up with you again. And Cisco's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> And beams up to the Defiant, and Odo has, like, a little a walk, and he has, like, a little walk and talk with the female changeling. Like, yeah. she's still like, hey, you know, you could still join us. Yeah. And he's like, nah, I don't think I'm gonna be doing that. Yeah, this seems like not the club I want to join. You know, uh, if I was offered to join Space Lady Hitler and her crew, I would probably turn that down, too. Yeah. And yeah. The um, she's like, you know, we'll miss you, but you you're gonna miss us even more, which is something it, that a loving family says to their of child. course. She like goes back into the goo puddle, and Kira sort of like holds hands with Odo. It's like, I guess this is like probably the first moment where like shippers at home start shipping. Yeah, I wouldn't have when I first watched the show. I remember being like. They they're just friends. Like yeah. e- even later when they when Odo was like pining for her, I'm like, this is never gonna happen. 
But it does, weirdly enough. <laughs> and you're like, and when it does, you're like, what? <laughs> I guess it's because it's just weird to think of Odo as a sexual being. Well, he's barely like, and I don't mean this in like a negative, like a bad way, but he's barely a being at all. Like he's a child in a lot of ways. Like he's not a child, but he's like not formed yet. Like literally, because he's new. Uh, you, you get into that whole Kess shit, right? Right, so, like, right, right. It's a different life experience, but like it's still weird as fuck from our point of view. But he doesn't know about like human society, which would make him in a human standard like an adolescent, right? Like he doesn't know how to act. I feel like if their relationship wouldn't have been like straight up romantic, yeah. That it would have been a little easier to process as it became romantic because like they Right. It's very much the standard television romantic relationship. Right. Which is probably it seems weird for two beings that are so completely different to just immediately go into that standard TV romance. Right. What's, what's really weird is when uh, he's at his wedding and he's gonna marry his fiance, and then he calls uh, he calls his fiance Kira. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a friend's reference. Oh, I got that reference. <laughs> I've I unfortunately watched a lot of Friends. <laughs> I remember watching that when it was on. It's about the same time. Well, not as this episode, but no, about the it, same time period. It was around the same time for sure. Yeah. It's fucking wild that I know so much about the goddamn Emily. Show. Her name was Emily, right? Oh my god. I yeah. remember the name of the monkey. He was Marcel. Marcel. I don't remember the name of the lady. They had to get rid of the monkey because the monkey was like a monkey and like yeah. they can't be on They television. didn't realize all the trouble that was going to come from having a monkey. And then they still end up getting a duck and a chicken later. Yeah, they have a chicken, right? Which yeah. is very New York City. All your neighbors have a duck and a chicken. Uh, th- that show is... You watch that show now and you're like, what the fuck, dude? You're like, this show is so stupid. Like, it's so dumb. Ugh. Like, characters on old sitcoms do the most unbelievable shit and we just, like, completely accepted it. Like, That's, oh, yeah. they don't want people to know that they're sleeping together so fucking he gets locked outside in the freezing cold in his underwear yeah. and he has to climb the building. It's so st- so dumb. I hate that awkward sitcom-y shit. Yeah. I hate, I hate it. It's dumb. Shenanigans. What kinds of wacky fucking shenanigans? Doesn't Rachel live with uh, Joey later. She falls in love with him. Yeah, they like date, right? Yeah, which and then, makes makes it so every character has had some sort of so romantic incestu- interaction yeah. with every other character. It's so incestuous. Even Ross and uh, his sister. What's her nah, name? I don't see any of that. But there was like Maybe Ross and Phoebe have a thing for a minute. Like they kiss <laughs> on a pool. They like make out on a pool table. <laughs> What's like, his what sister's the name? Molly? Monica. Monica. <laughs> Molly. I remembered the fiance. I didn't remember the most famous person from that show. Um, were, you, were you like a Rachel guy, a Monica guy, or a Phoebe guy? I was... Because I was a Phoebe guy. I was, I guess, a Monica guy. But, like, I didn't really like any of them. They're, none of them are really, like, my type of woman. They're not people. Well, they're not just people, like yeah. cartoon characters. Yeah, they're, they're like one-dimensional, and I was always like, "What?" Like, I don't know. They're not, I don't know. None of them are really that great. But I guess if I had to pick, it would be Monica. 
Rachel's um, too high maintenance. It's too much. Yeah, I couldn't have dated somebody it, like Rachel. That's it, wild. Way too much, yeah. There's, like, such flanderization of those fucking characters. Like, you watch the first episode, and they're mostly, like, real people. Yeah. Like, Rachel is some sort of, like, valley girl, and, like... Right. 90s, uh, like, dits. And, and by the end of the show, they're all, like, pretty much the same character, like a clown. Yeah. They're all just a clown. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're just ding dongs, and they just run around being idiots. That show, man, I that's one of those anomalies in television where you're like, why was this a thing? Why did people love it? Was this? the most popular yes. show on television? It was by far. It wasn't. It was huge. Like it was fucking. Huge. It was a fucking phenomenon to the point yeah. where like the Rachel haircut is in every TV show and movie. Those assholes 90s. were making like ten million dollars an episode. Like yeah. In 1998. <laughs> like, that's fucking crazy. That's just, like $300 billion today. <laughs> it's like, if you weren't watching TV in the 90s, in like the early 2000s, since it did go to like 2005 or something. Yeah. Um, imagine how big Breaking Bad is, yeah. and times that by like five. It was how yeah. big Friends was. As much people didn't shut up about Breaking Bad, which was annoying as fuck. <laughs> People never shut up about Friends. And it's it was, like how Game of Thrones is now, yeah. actually. Yeah, I guess that's Or like, was. I guess Game of Thrones is over. So it's like how Game of Thrones was, but it was about five fucking people that lived in New York and drank a lot of coffee. Unrealistically lived in New York inside of two apartments that were next to each other that would easily cost fucking five grand a month. In Even in the 90s, they would cost that much. See, I, five grand, I think, is like being real generous. That's super super were. generous, yeah. Like, we're talking like... 30 grand a month. 30, yeah, yeah. easy. 30 yeah. grand a month. Yeah. Because these were huge apartments, bigger than the one I'm living in right now. They were like it's in New York multiple City. Be- multiple bedrooms. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, like, fucking Monica and Rachel's had three fucking bedrooms. Yeah, that's crazy. What the fuck? Houses don't even have three bedrooms that they the house like there's houses yeah. here aren't made with three bedrooms most of the time. Uh. Anyway, uh. that's the end of the episode. Ma- Rachel and Ross get married, I guess. And um, the thing I was talking about earlier, where the B plot and the A plot are like switched at the end, and it's like, haha, you've been invested in the wrong plot, bitch. Yeah. It, it was done 100% purposefully in the writing. They were, like, playing a trick on the audience. Yes, yes. It was a way to, like, subvert expectations, which we as people watching it now, who know the rest of the show and everything, we're yeah. like, fucking, yeah, that's great. Right. That's, like, a great way to subvert expectations. But they hated it. Yeah, at the time, people were angry about it. <laughs> it's so crazy because, like, I mean, this episode, like, for me... I don't know. Should we take a break and then talk about what we felt? Feel sure. About? We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with our final thoughts about this great, great episode. Oh shit! I spoiled it. How we felt. <laughs> Fuck. We'll be right back after these messages. After these messages. Right back. Trek boys. I realize that humans believe Vulcans to be stubborn. Nothing could be further from the truth. It is only that we find deviating from the correct course of action impossible. Upon my last sponsorship, Ensign Henderson informed me that to keep your primarily human audience's attention, I should employ multiple adverts. Therefore, I will once again recommend you listen to my adventure with Drac, Crash Space Danger, Kathy, Gul Tivan, 
and Dross. You may find us on SoundCloud. Simply search for Tapon. I am singular in my name, which is why this mug emblazoned with my name is so effective. Frequent listeners to my nightly program are also aware of my appreciation for the 21st century musician, Vitizen, whose music will accompany each installment of the broadcast. In case this marketing material has gone on too long for your attention span, I will reiterate, Tapon's Theater on Subspace is a project with which I am currently engaged. Listen to it if you wish to be entertained. I will now return you to a Vulcanless episode of M-Class Podcast. This has been Tapon of the Tapon's Radio Program aboard the USS Tapon's Radio Program. Live long and prosper. And we're back from those messages to talk about how we felt about Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Search Part 2, on this episode of M-Class Podcast. Part 3. Part 3 of the podcast. <laughs> of Part 2. This, this is so Part hard. 3 of The Search Part 2, which um, is the final part of our... Of this episode. Of this collection. Uh, wait, what's after this? We don't know. This is no. We don't know yet. (laughs) There's nothing. (laughs) The best way to find out what our next collection is going to be is to head to twitter.com/slash/mclasspodcast. That's an alley oop. That's what they call that. Slam dunk. Set it up. Knock it down. Like so. uh, Basketball Jones. Uh, basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. <laughs> Fucking early, early hip hop where they're yeah. just rapping about. Went down to the hat store yeah. and I'm gonna buy myself a hat. <laughs> hey, it's like guys, <laughs> you could say anything. So, what were what? you about to say about this episode, Josh? Um, I kind of get why people. I mean, I. I don't. I don't know. I don't get why people were like bothered that the things that happened didn't stay that way. Because like I'm relieved when I watch it. I'm like, oh, thank God, we're back to like some like th- there's like, too many changes. If it would have been real, but I do. I do get that like this episode is like kind of like um, it's kind of trying to get through. Like I like it a lot. It's it's great, and I love the Dominion, and I love the reveal and the twists. But like. I don't know. I'm just, like, excited for, like... Every time I watch it now, I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, let's get more... Like, go... Let's do the Dominion now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this is this is definitely, like, it whets your appetite for what's yes. gonna happen between the yeah. Dominion and the Federation. And, like, knowing what I know, I'm, I'm... Like, the ride is, like, lengthy. So I'm like, oh, man, this is gonna be good. <laughs> like, every time. There's, like, a, a subsection of people who are always going to be angry at, like, the It Was All a Dream ending. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine and um, go buy hats at the hat store. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, um, like, It Was All a Dream can be a cop-out, but it's not always yeah. bad. I don't think there's such a thing right. as a storytelling trope that's always bad. No. Th- Actually, that's, that's not true. There definitely is. Well, there's tacky. Well, I mean, like Mary Sue's are. are well, I was I was thinking of like rape as a plot device is almost yeah, that, always bad. It's it's yeah, it's pretty lame. Yeah, but like I'm talking about like the standard storytelling tropes that aren't right. like fucking weirdo sex weirdo shit. Like, <laughs> right? Like um, 
It was all a dream can be used to great effect if it has an effect on the character. Like, fucking the inner light, it was all a dream. Right. That's the best, it was all a dream there is. Yeah. And that's, like, one of the best episodes of any, that's one of the best stories ever told ever, to me. Yeah. yeah, it's great. And it was all a dream, but, like, there are people who will always look at an ending like that and think it's a cop-out, whether it there's is people, or not. There's people now, when I'm, I'm going to, rant a little bit there's oh, yeah. people now who who like go to like uh what like plot what's that website fuck i should know I'm tv doing that tropes thing. tv tropes and they just read the tv tropes right and since they read the tv trope like and they they don't really they're like layman's about stories like i've seen this in like when i play eso people complain about it one time i was in a, a discord channel with people complaining about every tv trope and it's like yeah, like TV tropes are like there are TV tropes, but not all of them are bad. No, they're like, tools to tell a story. That's how stories are told. Like everything is a trope. Every story ever told has been told. Like that's the way stories work. Like I, I forget who tweeted this, and I wish I I could attribute it to him, but they said that um, if you've guessed the plot twist in a story. Yeah. That doesn't make it a bad story. That means right. that the story adequately gave you the information. Gave you the information. Yes. In exactly. order to see where it's going, which makes exactly. it a good story. Exactly. Like if you're if, if like to think like how people think now, and it's mostly like younger people complaining about I'm gonna be super old. Like I've Go ahead, younger grandpa. people complaining about like, oh well that's just like plot armor. And it's like you just read what plot armor is and now you're using plot armor wrong, right? Like plot armor, you mean the plot? <laughs> like you can't of just like the character didn't die because he's right. needed he or she is needed for the plot. That's the story. That's how <laughs> like, the story that's, is written. Yeah, ex- exactly. And dude it drives me fucking crazy. Like I hate that shit. Like not everything that's a trope is negative. Like you were saying, and it, I re- it really bothers me. I don't know. Like there are tropes that you should. If you go to TV tropes, they tell you the tropes. They don't say they're bad. You you jump right. to that conclusion yourself. You you're thinking they're bad because you're reading them on a site called TV Tropes, and some of them are are kind of funny. Like you read some of them and you're like, oh, that's like ridiculous. There are like, like there are tropes that I fucking love. And there are tropes that even people who say they hate tropes love. Yes. Like, uh, the, like, Bash Brothers trope of, like, two yeah. characters who just fucking, like, team up and kick ass using team yeah. attacks. Everybody loves that shit. Yeah, that's great. That's great. There's there's nobody on Earth that doesn't love at least one trope. Like, I'm sure that knowing the audience of this podcast... That uh, one of your favorite tropes is a non-human being trying to find out what it's like to be human. That's a very old fish, like the fish out of water, right? Like it's very old. A being trying to figure out what it is to be human dates back to fucking antiquity. With uh, not well, not antiquity for sure, but I mean like before that, dude. Like old times because of fucking Pinocchio. That's like the first more modern telling of that type of story, but that goes back forever. Yeah, human beings tell stories in a certain way, like because it's in our species. It's how we do it, like. To complain about it, I think is like if okay, like if you don't like if you don't like TV tropes or tropes, then go fucking watch David Lynch movies for the rest of your life. And well, trust they me, tropes too. <laughs> Backwards talking, uh, little person. 
I think that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a trope because of David Lynch, but um, right, right. <laughs> the like the way humans tell stories don't it doesn't change in yes. in, a, in like an entirely new way. Like everything right. is built on the back of something else. Like I was thinking about this when I was in college. I think I wrote a paper about it uh, for mm-hmm. an English class about how like modern superhero comics or like superhero comics all the way back to their inception are just uh, retellings of Beowulf. Yeah. Where a monster shows up and threatens humans and a superhuman has to fight and defeat it in order to save the people. Right. Right, it's like, um, oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, brother, where art thou? It's the Odyssey, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, there's, like, we tell certain types of stories and we just frame them differently. And it's how successful the framing and the telling of the story work that make the story good. It's not that they use devices that human beings over the entirety of our ability probably to speak as humans, like, with our mouths, have developed. Like, you can't just sit back and say, like, oh, plot armor's dumb. It's like, no, you're fucking dumb. The thing about TV tropes as well that I'll say before we move on is um, they're, like... 10,000 entries on that right. site. And how many and how many real tropes are there, right? And like, like that pretty much encompasses you can't like say that 10,000 things are tropes. Like you're right. just picking things that maybe have appeared once or twice and calling right. it a trope. That's a trope. Like I like exactly. that site. It's fun to browse and everything, but people do kind of use it in arguments very incorrectly. They use it, you're right. They use it as like a uh like a dictionary for like stories and it's like there are no dictionaries for stories guys like every story can be told like different many ways storytelling is like in in a lot of ways like what makes us human like the desire to create stories to continue on into the next generation right and to rationalize the terrible outside world and to make it less horrible like, I yeah. think that's the, the best thing that stories do is it's like a bomb for reality. I think stories are probably, like, I guess everybody has their, like, thing that they fo- they view the world through, like, the lens their that lens, they view yeah. the world through. Like, sci- like, scientists may view it through the lens of, like, the particles that they've studied and everything is right. made up of, like, parts. And, that's, and I think stories is very much the way I view the world. Me too. I think that's why we get along so well. Is that we both right. we both love like a good story and like I mean nothing is better than like going and seeing something or reading something and being like, Whoa <laughs> Like yeah, that so feeling like really feel yeah. the story as yeah. you read it and everything and like it's great. You just want to like share it as well. Like you, yeah. You, you just, just want, want to talk about someone it. else to be able to share it with, and that's why I love M class. Because we get to do share a with Star Trek other. podcast. Let's do it. Oh shit! What's this thing in front of me? Is this a microphone? Oh damn! Oh god! It was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! This podcast sucks now. <laughs> oh, it's so tropey. It's so tropey. It was all a it's dream. So tropes. Wow. Yeah, like the Matrix was it's all a dream. Like are you kidding me? Like one of the That's the beginning of the Matrix. Most like Im- impossibly brilliant movies of my lifetime is a fucking all a dream. Um this is th- here's a fun fact for you. This is the first episode of Star Trek Deep Space 9 to be directed by Jonathan Frakes. We said that one already, but you didn't say it was the first one. That's the first one. He directed two more episodes. Hmm. 
uh, with of DS9 Meridian and Past Tense Part 2. I don't remember those offhand. Yeah. Which one? With TNG, I'm much better at, at like, lining up the name of the episode with the episode. DS9, not so much. Not so much. There's a lot. They're very similar in a lot. They're real tropey names. So tropey. Naming your episode title. That's a trope. So tropey. Fucking tropes. Plot armor. Damn, apparently the Vorta don't appear until season four after this. Yeah, there's a bunch of just Jemadar shit, like, where they run into them randomly. But I don't think there's a, even a whole lot of, like, Dominion-y shit. Like, they get ready for the Dominion after this, and then I don't remember what happens, to be honest with you. Hey, do you want another John Larroquette fun fact of the week? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Borath was originally supposed to be the first Vorta that they'd already met, Eris. Oh, they, that's they what had that the entire line. script written that way. Oh, uh, but at the last minute, the actress that plays Eris was not available. She was like, "Nah, I'm not sitting in that fucking chair and having my ears fitted ever again." She could have been on the show for like four years, probably. Good thing that she didn't show up because they might have kept her and not gotten Wayun, and I love Wayun. Dude, Wayun, like, like Jack Carpenter was 100% right. Every character that Jeffrey Combs plays is a fucking masterpiece. Uh, Brunt. Brunt is Brunt great. is hilarious. Dude, he's such a fucking evil guy, but he's also just the stupidest fucking idiot. It's just I like, no Ferengi can be really, like, intimidatingly evil. Even yeah. Brunt, who has, like, all of this power behind him. Yeah, Brunt is, like, the closest thing to a Ferengi villain, but he's also just the stupidest butthole, who just, like, <laughs> is just a moron. Like, he's harmless. Like, he's dumb. Only in... Like inter Ferengi conflict is he even is he slightly scary? harmful yeah. in any way? Yeah, and even then they're just kind of like Brunt, you're an idiot. Fuck off, Brunt. <laughs> and he's like, okay, and he just Ooh, goes home. Fuck you guys, I'm leaving. Money, I love money. <laughs> like, I think I like the search part one better, better. because it's, it's yeah. very much like the first big foray into like we need to figure out what the founders are and we need to yeah. like bring our federation ideals it's a quest. along with us it's a fucking fellowship quest right it is and, it's and it great. fails just like the fellowship yeah and then it somehow doesn't it's spoilers great. I guess spoilers for yeah, fellowship no. of the ring yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm sure nobody has seen it it's very little known has it been around a while there's this weird thing that I'm sure has happened to you as well since you started playing, like, tabletop RPGs. Yeah. Where when you watch TV or movies or, like, read anything, you start to see the characters as a party. Yes. yes. And it was very much, like, a party formed. Like, you have, like, yeah. the fucking uh, chaotic evil edgelord outsider to rule joins yep. the party. Yep. It's it's just so perfect. It's and great. It, it's dude. Star Trek is fucking. It's just orcs and elves, dude. That's all yeah. Star Trek is. It's fantasy in space. D and D in space. That's all it is. That's why nerds love it. They don't. They don't realize it most of the time. Maybe most. Some of them do. But like, they're just. That's the same shit. That's why I love it. And that's why I love fantasy because it's just like Star Trek on the ground. <laughs> 
There's something right? weird about fantasy. Mm. Like I've thought about this a lot. The differences between fantasy and sci-fi as genres. Yeah. Yeah. Like fantasy has these very hard line parameters for what makes it like a high fantasy. Yeah. Like it's got to have elves. It's got to have like yeah. dwarves. It's got to have orcs. Well, we talked about that on uh, cracking the spine up a lot, I and mean, then it became a joke. Like, well, is it high fantasy? Because like it had to, to pass like a test, yeah. right? To like <laughs> what's high fantasy, right? Like, but like sci-fi doesn't have that. There's no standard no. sci-fi races. Sci-fi is much more uh, nebulous. It's you could get away with a lot more, right? Like, it doesn't even have to be really, like, science-y, like Star Wars. Like, Star Wars isn't science-y. Yeah, I don't... Like, Star Wars is one of those things where it's, it's like, all nerds love being like, actually, Star right. Wars is space right. fantasy. But you could... But they I do would have definitely, a point. <laughs> yeah, no, they do. But I would also not chastise anyone for saying no. it's science fiction. It is like, science fiction. It is fiction of a scientific variety. They have, like, yeah. lasers and spaceships right. and shit. They travel faster than light. They go to other planets. It's science fiction. And, like, it's it's just wild to me that w- it's Tolkien, really, is why we decided, like, you gotta have elves, you gotta have dwarves, you gotta have yeah. orcs. I've been diving in my sleepless nights because Jeff both you and I don't sleep ever like we're just like uh, 100% vampires now we're just vampires now <laughs> yeah like I love blood now um I've been like real watching- big into blood now <laughs> love drinking blood out of a silly straw now <laughs> Uh, I've been reading and and watching a bunch of lore videos about Elder Scrolls lore because like it's something oh, yeah. that I I was never super well versed into and it's complicated as fuck. Oh yeah, like if you go back to like Morrowind and oh, Oblivion yeah. and like you read all of the books, yeah, there's like nine billion it's crazy. worlds full of. Inf- of information. So I so I got real into like the three, the the living gods, the dark uh, elf, three, Vivek, Vivek, and yeah, um, I've been like really into that yeah. lately, and that's like fucking fascinating to me because it's and that's just a a Christ analogy. Yeah, it's, they just self actual. The craziest part about that is that's the that's just the patrons of the dark elves. Like right. every race has a story just right. as detailed. It's crazy. So like I've been into that, and I, and I, that's part of the reason why I think Elder Scrolls is super fun because like it does that hardline fantasy shit, but it also or yeah hardline fantasy, shit, but it also like uh, is it creates little, its own world for sure yes. that like breaks away from that. Like it's a little more on its own, right? Like it's 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 not science fictiony. It's just but it's it's a little more. I'm trying to think of a word here. It's a little more like. Uh, esoteric I would oh, say oh yeah that's a good way to put it yeah like I actually if you just play the Elder Scrolls games you'll probably hate the high elves yeah because they're just giant fucking Jeff, cock we're the, faces we're, Jeff right? we're the same person I know but what I know what you're gonna say if you yes. go and you read the lore behind the high elves yes. they were like immortal ageless beings of the yes. ether until the world was brought into being and they're yeah. like fuck this shit I don't wanna yeah. live and die we need to end this like people hate the Thalmor and they're like they're Nazis but like the Thalmor are just like elves who had to watch like Talos like become Jesus and then have everybody else love Talos and they're like yeah. motherfucker that guy used a fucking robot like a fucking dwarf robot 
to fucking well, destroy us. Like, like fuck absolutely that guy. murder our fucking people. Yeah. yeah. You fuck start that to, guy. Once you go into the lore behind these, like, different races, you start to see it from their point of view. Like, if I was yeah. an immortal, ageless being of the ether and I lived every day in bliss, and then some <laughs> motherfucker came along and was like, actually, mortality exists now, yeah. and all these other races exist. I'd yeah. be like, you'd fucking trap me in a simulation. I'm getting out of this. Yeah, I was reading about that too. How like uh, uh, zero summing, like how like the yeah. world is like yeah, uh, a dream. Yeah, yeah, Kim or whatever you say. Yeah. It. Uh, and then like how like that's where they think the dwarves went. They just like couldn't rationalize that they figured out that they weren't real and they just vanished. Yeah, because that like, like deletes you. <laughs> the elves are like they're sort of the bad guys from like the in-universe point of view because they yeah. want to destroy the universe they want to unmake the universe right right but to them they're trapped in a simulation that they're trying to get out of yeah they they're they're constantly like touching like because they're born magic like all elves are magic yeah. right like they're born with this connection to this other thing but they gotta it's like it's like if you're like a 16 year old, and you had to go to like kindergarten. They're like, this yeah, is bullshit. That's like, true. All these idiots are morons. <laughs> like they hate it's it. It's just fun to think of it that way. Like I actually love, like I like the role playing games when I'm playing a game. Like I'll pick a character's personality too. and like make I all do the this. decisions based on that. I do the same thing. And I love to play a high elf in Elder yeah. Scrolls games that just be like a fucking like giant knob to everybody and just do all like the meanest <sighs> shit and be like, I'm the best. That's great. We should do like a shoot the shit where we like, uh, dude, I would love to tell you about my characters. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Like I have like, when I first played Demon Souls, I made a character yeah. named Aeschylus. And yeah. every Souls game since, I've played an alternate universe descendant the, of that yes. character. <laughs> Star Wars uh, The Old Republic was fun because you could have family trees. So you could connect like characters familially, but That's also awesome. you could like connect them like 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 kind of like they're not a part of the family of your character or whatever but like they're like over here on this other branch like they're like kind of connected to you and i i carried that over like just in my own head for like elder scrolls where i've got like people that are just they're they're connected in certain ways right but they're not necessarily like they don't know each other you know oh, what yeah. I mean? like i absolutely love uh like the the i have like a lore in my brain because all the dark the souls games all the dark souls games are connected yeah and how does this like how do these descendants relate to the previous game and everything which right. like makes me enjoy it more but i'm sure people are like wow this guy's a fucking loser yeah but i'm not i'm actually great <laughs> i mean i agree because i do the same thing it's like i guess i don't know what you call that like light rp because you're not like oh, yeah. playing you're not like talking in chat being like and then i picked up the flute and i played a song for me lady you you're, know what i mean you're, you're not basically doing that. like when anybody plays when like a normal person plays a game <laughs> not a, a weirdo like <laughs> uh when a normal person plays a game you make decisions that you would make like i would you're do the this, character exactly um i don't when do that. we play games yes. we make up another personality for the character and right. we make decisions based on that Right, I've got characters who are like females who are like, like timid, and they're not heroes, and they're not like used to like, 
going out in the, this crazy world where like oh, yeah. demons are killing every you know what I mean like they like, don't I've know got, I've got characters who are very much like gung ho like I'm gonna do right. the craziest shit and have crazy adventures right. and then I have like characters who are very much like they, they were thrown into this exactly yeah I also I have like characters who are female that are like Ripley's where they're just are, like they're kick ass right and I also have characters that are male that are just like nobodies and they're just like yeah. dirt farmers you know what I mean like they don't know what they're doing and a lot know. of games, like, uh, they give you the option to, like... Well, like, um, uh, Dragon Age Origins gives you different character options for where yeah. you came from so that you can better do that, even. That's, like, a bio... Is that the uh, Bioware game, right? Yeah. Th- yeah, that's... Yeah. It's, like, the Old Republic... Or Knights of the Old Republic, but the fantasy one, right? Pretty much. Mike loves that. Mike used to tell me to play it. I never played like, it, Like, Crystal's so. big into it. Like, I played uh, some of it. Like... Yeah. Uh... I play, like, I never really could get into, like, the more MMO-style combat where it just fights by itself and you hit hotkeys to do special attacks. I've never been a big fan of that. Right. But uh, the game itself had, like, a fun storyline and cool characters and stuff, and I really liked how customizable your character was at the beginning. Like, you didn't just choose how they looked. You also chose their background and stuff. I love that, too. That's the best. That's the difference that I find personally between Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas mm-hmm. is that in Fallout 3, you're this scientist's son and your mission is to find him and you love your dad and you want your dad back. Right. In Fallout New Vegas, you're some courier and your mission is whatever the fuck you want and your background is whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. It's much better for making a character. Yeah, there's more doors. There's more doors to take different routes. That's what I don't like with Fallout 4. You're just like, you're like either a mother or a father who yeah. lost their child, and it sort of locks you into that. And it's I didn't like, like eh, that either. Honestly. I don't care about children, so. Yeah, like, I just like, want to go on a fun post apocalyptic yeah. adventure. Can I just like walk around and like figure out stuff for two seconds without having to be like, we got to go find our kid? I know it sounds like we just did the shoot the shit about this topic, but we'll but definitely we do, do another a one. real yeah. shoot the shit about it. Yeah. But I think this basically just means that we've been creating characters long before either of us decided to play a tabletop RPG to play yeah. D&D or something. It's a certain personality, I think, that does this. And uh, so some people, uh, I'm going to call them idiots, don't mm-hmm. do this. <laughs> uh, I would call them losers, because I'm not a loser. I'm actually yeah. really cool, so they're a loser. Yeah. And then I picked up the loot and I played Jeff a love song. Ragnar the Red. Oh no, more Ragnar the Red. No. Oh my God. I've, I've, dude, I've gotten rid of bards in my house in Skyrim because they will not fucking shut up with Ragnar the fucking Red. People love Ragnar the Red, Josh. Dude, fuck Ragnar the fucking Red. Anyway, this episode of Star Trek was really good. <laughs> and Friends. Uh, <laughs> and, and Skyrim. Fucking, um... Like, Star... Like, Deep Space Nine sort of, like, sets up these, like, building blocks for the Dominion and then just kind of, like, pushes them aside and does a bunch of other shit for a while. For a little bit, yeah. But those blocks are always sort of looming over the story. Like, you're always yeah. waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's cool. It's like uh, it's like World War Two. Like everyone sort of knew it was gonna happen. Like pretty early. Like when when Hitler started being Hitler, people were like, 
all right, we're going to have to do this again. But yeah. when when was it going to drop? Like, when was it going to happen? And that's how this show is now. It's like a, there's like a Cold War scenario going on for a while. Yeah. Where yeah, with the Klingons. Both sides are trying... It seems like both sides are trying to keep the war from happening. Yeah. But the Dominion isn't really. They're, like, feigning trying to keep the war from happening so that they can size up the Federation better. Right. They Well, they know that they'll outlast the Federation just by sheer willpower, and they're hoping that the Federation will just be stupid and do something dumb so that it'll be easier or maybe they can avoid a fight altogether and just like stroll into the alpha quadrant and be like hey we're here buddy you know what i mean but like they're they're playing smarter not harder yes they're they're out thinking the federation and like josh said they're very much like waiting for the federation to make a mistake yeah and um they do i guess because shit happens but they they do but they not to ruin the show but they the federation is highly adaptable and they they're quick to change it when it needs to be which is like yeah is is not a that's not a strength of the dominion the dominion no. is the way it is and they're nothing rigid. is going to change not flexible yeah and uh, that's a weakness that gets exploited as time goes on but i'm not going to yeah. spoil anything the the thing to take away from this episode, though, is that the Dominion has tactics that the Federation is not ready for. They also have technology that the, the Federation can't handle. They're like, what the fuck are they shooting us with? Like, yeah. they don't even know what it is. They're like, what is this shit? <laughs> like, that's crazy. It's like they're. It's like muskets versus bow and arrows at this yeah, point. Yeah. Like, the Federation need to up their technological game as quickly yeah. as humanly possible, or else they're going to get wiped out. Yeah, they gotta figure out how to make, like, phasers that are good. Like, how are we gonna do it? Like, they, they kind of do it. And they, this is where, like, the quantum torpedo comes from, right? Like, Yeah, like, every, every like, big jump in technology that happens at this point is very much war technology. Right. And that becomes the question for the Federation of, like, is it wrong that we've, that we're doing this? Like... Uh, does this go against our ideals? And it's right. it's that question of whether like fighting back. That's a question that comes up a lot in everyday life. Is like if somebody is tries to fight you and you fight back, are you just as bad as them? Right. And I know you and I both believe that's bullshit. Yes, I I definitely believe that's bullshit. <laughs> a lot of people feel that way with like if somebody's an <laughs> asshole to you and you're yeah. an asshole back to them that you're just as bad. No. But I think <laughs> yeah. defending yourself is different than attacking somebody. Right. I'm not going out and, like, fucking with somebody's shit, right? Like, I'm just... You, you always have those scenarios, like, the Romulans, where they trick someone into attacking them first so that right. they can pretend like they're defending themselves. Right. Where you're just as big of an asshole, then. But... Yeah. I, I feel like... If somebody doesn't stand up, then the real asshole is just gonna or the real threat is just going to steamroll over everybody oh, yeah. who's well, not doing anything. It's what Q says to Picard uh, like when he shows him the Borg. He's like, look at what's out here. Like, you guys are living in a nowhere corner of the galaxy. Nobody gives a fuck about you. You've had it so good for 100, 200 years. You're living the life, right? But he's like, look at this. This shit doesn't give a fuck about you. And like, the Federation... St- 
is so slow <laughs> to like react to that. Like, I mean, he's like, this shit doesn't give a fuck about you. But then the Borg are like, let's go to Earth. Yeah, well, yeah, this so shit doesn't give, do a, fuck give about a fuck about. You. I mean, I mean, the shit doesn't give a fuck about like not killing them. Is oh, what yeah. I like. You can't rationalize with the Borg, and you can't rationalize with the Dominion. It's the same thing. Like the Dominion's not going to be like, oh, you're right. We're all living creatures. Let's all hug each other. No, no. I you got to like fuck them up. You have to. There's an understanding that happens between the Federation and its enemies at certain points where yeah. like. It's like a, a shonen anime protagonist. You got to beat the shit out of the villain, and then he becomes your best he becomes friend. Becomes your friend, yeah. And that's the Klingons. And he joins your crew. Yeah. That's the Klingons and that's later the, the Romulans. Romulans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It's the enemy of my enemy, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and like everyone who's in the Alpha Quadrant and Beta Quadrant, they're they like the status quo. The Federation included. As much as the Federation is like, we're explorers and we love new things. Like they don't want to like rustle the the herd. You know what I mean? Like they no, want to like, like they they love new things, but not when those new things are trying to murder all their citizens. Exactly, exactly. And so like the Alpha and Beta quadrants are are like, oh, we we don't we don't want to. The Dominion's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, like even the Klingons. On their side of that wormhole. The Klingons who love fighting are like, these guys are fucking crazy. <laughs> like, they will not stop. Like, they'll just kill us all. Like, that's not good. Yeah, this is the weird thing about, like, the Klingons are like, we're the war race. We love yeah. war. We love battle. Like, battle is honorable. And then they meet the Jim Hadar, who literally only fight, and they're like, "Well, yeah. shit, we want to drink some blood wine. We don't yeah. gotta fight all the time." The Klingons love fighting, but they also love fucking and drinking. Yeah. So like, they're not like they're not gonna get the fucking drink if they're always fighting the Dominion. <laughs> you know? Shit, I haven't got anything wet in a while. Shit. <laughs> no Klingon crazy lady has bitten my wrist at all. Where's the wrist biting? I need I need some Klingon ladies to just beat the shit out of me, and then we do it. Why is this not happening? Sounds like a good time. I'm not gonna lie to you, Josh. You're pretty much like half Klingon at least. I mean, sexually, <laughs> <laughs> I do file my teeth with Nog's tooth sharpener. <laughs> it's something I do. I don't know what alien race that would be, but I feel like Josh is actually. I would say Josh is more of an Andorian. Yeah, I'm like. Yeah, I think Andorian's a, a good a good one. Very cold sometimes, and very sharp. Cold in all the wrong places. Cold in all the wrong places. <laughs> uh, never uh, going away, Josh. It's uh, oh god. Maybe I'm a Ferengi. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, no, you're not a. I don't know. I would say you're just a person. You're just like I'm just human. a human. Yeah. Just a filthy humy. You're just like a good person. Oh, and I'm, thanks, Josh. And I'm just like a. Ice cold, fuck your day up, guy. Don't cross me. I'll yell at you, and you'll be sad about it. That's wrong. That's Andorians, right? And then I said something, and the Andorian was mad at me. And then the humans are like, Ooh, "We don't want to be our friends all the time." Ooh. It's it's pretty like Starfleet. Like I thought we were just gonna be friends forever. Yeah, and Andorians are like, "Get over it. We are friends. Shut the fuck up. Go back to class. I'll see you later." Oh God, so clingy. <laughs> Go to class. That's fucking, fucking Andorian. So fucking clingy. Get the fuck away from me. I would love Star Trek High. That would be an amazing idea for a show. What would, how could you go anywhere, though, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, 
I, I think I've, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but I, I love the idea of a half Vulcan who grew up on Vulcan and a half Romulan who grew up on Romulus finding out they have the same human father. That's great. And then they have to go on like a a secret mission together in order to find him. That's awesome. He's like a space pirate or something. (laughs) He's Andorian? And it's How does that work? What do you kids want? You clinging ass bitches? Go back to class. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I think I'm like a Vulcan, like Cybok is a Vulcan. (laughs) Cybok? I'm, I'm Do you just, go hugging God? Yeah, I'm like, I gotta go find God. <laughs> nah. Um, you know what? I think that's a good time to end this episode because it's like three hours long. Yay! So, I'd like to thank everybody who tuned in here today, and I'd like to remind everybody that in one week's time, you'll be listening to M-Class emails, so you better get them emails in. But not if you have a Patreon. You can listen to it right now. You can just right go to it. The fuck now. Because I edit them literally at the same damn time. So like, get your emails in at mclassemail at gmail.com, all singular, like it's always been. <laughs> and uh, head on over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast in order to get that emails episode right now for as little as a dollar. I think it's five, but it's it's up to you. It's your choice. Five's, five's better than one. Yeah, I think 50's better than five, but it's up to you I agree. Guys. I agree with that. You'd be worth more as a person. No, I'm kidding. To, in my uh, eyes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just Now we're both we're Ferengi. 100% Ferengi. Uh, um, you should maybe donate 50 Latinum. <laughs> ah, uh, females. Uh, make sure to get your emails in. Head on over to patreon.com slash podcast to become a patron today and get like a million other podcasts. Oh, you said emails. I thought you said females. <laughs> now I'm in permanent Ferengi voice. Oh my god. I can't wait to record email after this. Yeah, females? <laughs> oh, you said emails again. I'm sorry. And uh, again, thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll be back in one week with more M-Class goodness. Bye! Bye! <laughs> I'm mentally ill.